At Ruck Up Podcast, we take a little bit of a different approach. We take industry professionals from law enforcement, military, security, and outdoors enthusiasts all around the world, and we hear their story. So let's hear it. Attack or infiltration or suspected infiltration, and we have to be ready to uh, read. allegedly massacred by the, the crown prince. And I was there not to do with that. I arrived the day after. Check us out at our website at rockupmedia.com. Say, you're Bobby Rivers, right? Bobby barely registers and nods while he looks around for women. I love how you beat Willie Dean tonight. I hate that guy. Bobby looks at the bar and sees Willie Dean talking to two girls. Hey, Chris. Kayfabe. He looks at the fan. Sorry, man. We stay here. There's going to be a fight. You know what I mean? Let's go, Chris. Chris asks, why didn't we stay? There wasn't going to be any fight. Listen, brother. Bert Ironside's rule number one. Baby faces and heels do not socialize. Why? It's all about protecting the business. You don't tell your five-year-old that there's no Santa Claus. And faces and heels do not sit in a bar full of marks drinking together. Kings of the Ring is wrestling's first audio drama podcast as a fictional depiction of the 1980s wrestling industry in and out of the ring. Join us as we take you back to the 1980s. You'll be a fly in the wall in the locker rooms of the past while the wrestlers put together matches. We'll take you into the jam-packed arenas where the rabid fans of the past believed everything they saw was real. We'll take you inside the ring where you'll hear what the wrestlers talk about and you can feel the action. We'll take you to the underbelly of the arena where the wrestlers got into all sorts of trouble. And we'll take you to the bars and clubs where the boys got into even more trouble. (laughs) And it wouldn't be 80s wrestling if we didn't end up at the hotel room. Search Kings of the Ring from any podcast app or go straight to the website kingsotr.com. From pillar to post and coast to coast. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to a book. Hey, do you watch wrestling? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Hi folks, my name is Matthew Terry and this is the It's Time to Fight podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on that play button. I tell you every single week and I goddamn well mean it. I appreciate every single click that that play button gets. And there are tons of play buttons out there for you to press. We are on Podbean, we are on Spotify, we are on iTunes. While you're over there pressing a play button, why don't you give us a five-star rating? It does help. Uh, If you want to follow me personally, the host... Matthew Terry. You can follow me on Twitter at Announcer Terry. If you want to follow the show itself on Twitter, it is at Time to Fight Pod. Or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything at all, just send us an email. Time to Fight Pod at gmail.com. That's Time to Fight at gmail.com. All right, so if you haven't heard by now, 
the New Japan Cup pool for 2020 that It's Time to Fight was holding to win the $50 uh, Amazon gift card has been postponed. Uh, postponed until we see if there's actually going to be a tournament. Uh, they're going to make an announcement uh, on the March 15th, 16th. They said uh, around there they'll make a, a, an announcement uh, if there's actually going to be a tournament. And if there's a tournament, then there will be a pool, and we will award the $50 gift card. However, uh, hold off on sending in your brackets until we find out if there's a, a tournament because, you know, wrestling is what it is. There's going to be cancellations. There's going to be movement. There's going to be different uh, different things of that nature. So if there is a tournament, it's probably going to be a much different looking tournament than uh, than what it was when they put out the brackets. Uh, if there isn't a tournament, well, we got a couple more tournaments coming up. Uh, if if you're not aware, uh, everyone here at It's Time to Fight are huge Ring of Honor fans, and Ring of Honor has two big tournaments coming up. They are uh, reestablishing the Pure Wrestling Championship, and they're going to have a tournament to crown that. And they have to, uh, to, to, or they don't have to, but uh, they are going to uh, to re reaward, yeah, reaward the uh, ROH Women's Championship, and they're going to have a a tournament to do that as well. So, if uh, New Japan does not hold uh, their their New Japan Cup for 2020. Uh, we will take that same $50 uh, Amazon gift card and uh, we'll throw it on to uh, one of those tournament, two tournaments, um, probably. Um, even if there is a New Japan tournament, we'll, pr- we'll probably do something with the uh, the Ring of Honor pure title and the uh, Ring of Honor uh, Women's Championship. As I said, everyone here is huge fans of Ring of Honor, so uh, I can see us kind of latching ourselves onto those two tournaments and uh, and doing something very, very special. All right, so we're coming off uh, quite a weekend of wrestling. Um, more than a weekend, like what, four or five days since last Thursday. Uh, we're coming off of WWE Super Showdown. Goldberg is the new Universal Champion. And uh, as I said, for the Head versus Heart episode, you know, Goldberg is not my first choice uh, to be World Champion, Universal Champion, uh, the champion of a company or a brand or however you want to put it. But I'm okay with it. I'm okay, you know. Goldberg, he, you know, he's he's still, he still looks like he can kick anyone's ass. Um, I just I just wish it wasn't at the expense of the fiend. I would I, I I just think they kind of they they had so much to, to left to do with the indestructible fiend fiend. In my opinion, you know, it's just my opinion. But um. Uh, uh, someone on Twitter um, pointed out that they could have put Goldberg over on the uh, the, the the kids show Bray Wyatt, um, the champion or Universal champion, and then you still have the Fiend kind of in the background, kind of like they did with uh, Finn Balor, where you know they would bring the Demon along, and the Demon was so much more indestructible than Finn Balor was. Um, so I think that would have been a good idea, but it didn't happen. Okay. The hindsight, hindsight is 2020. Uh, it's not even hindsight 2020. Just that's, it's not my place to second guess it. I'm okay with Goldberg being the universal champion. Of course, I just wish it wasn't at the expense of the upward trajectory of the fiend. Uh, there's a new ring of honor world champion and it's Roosh. And 
I have more problem with Roosh being world champion than I do with Goldberg being world champion. If you listen to my Head versus Hearts last week, leading into uh, uh, both of the uh, the Bound by Honor and the Gateway to Honor, I'm not a fan of Roosh. I never have been. Um, I, I I I get the whole indestructible, you know, just fighting machine, you know, type type of of wrestler. But it just, even as a face, he just seemed like such a, you know, kiss my ass and suck my dick type of, of yes, I am, yes, I am this amazing, you know, you, 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 you should have to pay just to look at me. And even, and that's when he was a good guy. Now that he's a bad guy, it kind of makes a little more sense. And I kind of see, you know, just, uh, it, it kind of, it just, it just fits. It just fits a whole lot better. But I just, I still have not invested at all in Roosh. I just, and as I said last week, maybe it's, it's left over, you know, remnants of being bullied as a child and just this, this jock, just like, you're not worth it. I'm going to piss on you, which I never got pissed on. I never got, just don't, don't think I ever got pissed on. This is not some revelation that I'm making for, for effect. Um, but you, you get my point. So I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm less of a fan of Roosh uh, becoming Ring of Honor World Champion, mostly because I'm such a huge Ring of Honor fan, and it's just, you know. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, AEW had their had their Revolution pay per view, and uh, John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, uh, became AEW World Champion. Um, again, if you listened to me last week. Um, I just I I just haven't invested in AEW. I got nothing against AEW. I just I haven't invested in it. The only person there that I would go out of my way to see is Cody Rhodes. I've I've been a huge Cody Rhodes fan since he started, since he was in Legacy. Uh maybe even before that. Just I I just I I I don't know. I got drawn to Cody Rhodes very early, so you the Cody Rhodes to the Legacy to even right up to Stardust and you know just and then beyond and then getting the opportunity to work with him several times just huge 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 fan uh, of Cody Rhodes but that's it uh there's no one else on the roster that I would I would search out and you know not to say that I don't I don't watch clips of AEW because I do read about them because you know I am a huge wrestling fan and I want to read about wrestling so I do follow AEW but just from a you know, a reading the website and word of mouth type thing. And if there is something that kind of catches my eye, well, then I'll search it out as far as a video clip. But that that's pretty much it. Um, but good, you know, good for John Moxley and, um, you know, becoming world champion. And yeah, uh, but what, what kind of came out of Revolution to me that was interesting was Tony Khan. And I'm not trying to hate on Tony Khan. But uh, I've kind of seen an evolution of this guy. When when AEW first came out, when it uh, first was announced that AEW was going to be a thing, he was a, you know, just like, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a kind of like an arm's reach. Like, yes, I'm gonna have some creative control, just like everybody else has creative control. Uh, I'm a longtime fan, got the utmost respect for everyone and everything and and that was and that was great you know just uh, you know he's a billionaire he can have whatever attitude he wants but i thought that was that was great 
then he kind of I don't want to say he started getting a little a little bit lippy um, about the kind of like, you know, well, you know, we're our dynamite is better than NXT and it very well might be, uh, you know, ratings don't lie. I think NXT has won one, maybe two weeks and, you know, that it is what it is. So maybe dynamite is a better program than NXT. Um, I, I've watched most of an episode of, of dynamite and again, it's just, it just didn't grip me. Um, but who knows, maybe someday it will. Um, and, and, you know, Tony Khan was coming out and saying, you know, Hey, dynamite is better than NXT. Uh, if you want to see real wrestling rather than a developmental, or I don't think he said that. I think Omega said that or something, but you know, Tony Khan started getting just a little, a little confident, which again, Hey, he's a billionaire. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. And this weekend, he got a little more lippy. But again, he's a billionaire, so he can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, he was talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, um, you know, th- he was talking about how he has allowed um, his wrestlers. He doesn't, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't keep them from going to work elsewhere. And, you know, that includes New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read you what he said. Uh, Tony Khan said, uh, I think they are a great company and a lot of my people have worked shows there and I have no problem with guys going as long as it doesn't interfere with what we are doing here on Wednesdays and with our pay-per-views. That, that's understandable. Then he says, it hasn't really been a two-way street, Khan added. I haven't seen a lot of their guys here. I don't hear from them often. If you guys, New Japan Pro Wrestling, are watching this, you're welcome for all the great stuff I've done for you. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't really get that. I don't get what Tony Khan means when he says, you know, all the great stuff I've done for you. Uh, you've signed your wrestlers to contracts where they can go out and get you know, supplementary work, if you want to call it that. Um, and, and that's great. That's wonderful. That's what the wrestlers want. But, and I'm sure a lot of them want to continue their their relationship with New Japan. But you're not, you know, you're... You, this is kind of like if if you were, if you were Burger King... Or no, no. Let's let's put this. Okay, let's say I I take uh, I I get like a, a minor league football team, or let's say I get an XFL team, and I put it in Jacksonville, and I build my stadium right next to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which Tony Khan I don't know if he's a part owner, but he's involved there somehow. Um, and I put my stadium right next to Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jacksonville, they run out of parking. And I say, hey, you can, you can use my parking spots. You know, go ahead, use my parking spots. Great. That does not mean that now the Jacksonville Jaguars have to help me. The, the, a business is a business. You made your choice. I'm sure New Japan said, hey, can you do me a favor? And, and maybe they did. Maybe they did. Because I'm, I'm, maybe I'm talking to my ass. Because I, I do not claim to have any kind of inside information so maybe maybe this is just a totally useless rant i'm going on but from what i understand they new japan did not go to them and say hey uh, would you mind 
if at just letting your guys come work for us. Yeah, that that's great. Appreciate it. And if that is the case and I am wrong and I am just talking out my ass, well then I see Tony Con Tony Khan's uh point. Um let me let me see what else he said here. Uh, uh oh here it is. Uh, Khan also confirmed that uh, Cabana, Colt Cabana, like much of the other AEW talent, are free to work outside the company as well. And then Tony Khan said, he can work at my discretion. Like a lot of the other people that are signed here, Colt can work other places. And I get that earlier he said, you know, um, as long as it doesn't interfere with our Wednesdays or our pay-per-views, people are, are well, but... That, that's kind of a, a, a uh, he can work at my discretion. You know, it, it was it was it was a lot better worded and a lot better shaped when he said, as long as it doesn't interfere with our Wednesdays and our pay-per-views, people can go work how they want and where they want. Not, well, Colt Cabana can work at my discretion. You see how that's kind of packaged a little differently? I don't know. I just, I, it's my opinion. I just think Tony Khan is getting just a little bit more lippy and a little bit more lippy and a little bit more lippy. <laughs> All right. So safe Travis Moore is on the show today. And uh, I'm not going to tell you why they call him safe Travis Moore. Cause we talked about it in the interview, but uh, Travis is, uh, is one of the guys who there, there's, there's a big, big, big group and it's expanding still of solid young wrestlers coming out of Ontario. And it's, it's in like Travis is part of uh, rip impacts, Hamilton pro wrestling Academy. Um, rip is putting out a lot of, of great solid young wrestlers. And we talk about rip of course, during the interview. Um, but there's, there's other like Santina Morella school, Josh Alexander school, a lot of solid wrestlers are coming out of these schools. And uh, Travis and I talk about it during the interview. We talk about the, the, the layers that you have to add to build to improve your trajectory and uh, to improve your outlook and your progression in wrestling. And if this podcast can, can be another one of those layers to draw attention to these young wrestlers, to, uh, to bring a few more eyes to check these guys out, then I'm all for it. This is not... I'm not I'm not branding these wrestlers. I'm not approving these wrestlers. Um but I just I, I and I and I say this to 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 Travis that you know it you have to like everything's uh, there's a, there's a small part of everything but you need to to take the opportunities. And again, I'm not saying that the podcast is a huge opportunity, but if it brings you a couple eyes, it's what you got to do with it. And, and, and I'm, and I'm bluntly honest with Travis during the interview. When I say nothing has really drawn me or invested me in safe Travis Moore yet, except for the fact that he has these solid bases underneath him and that if he can put the proper layers and, um, you know, improve the proper levels that there's no reason that he can't make something huge out of this. But as I, I say, there's nothing that's really invested me in him yet, but 
the, the time will come. The time will definitely come. I will get the opportunity to see Safe Travis Moore, and you should take the opportunity to see Safe Travis Moore. Search him out. Search him out. He's on YouTube, uh, independentwrestling.tv. Uh, if you can get on there, check him out. Um, we talk about the Alpha One show that he gets the opportunity to be on. But uh, for now, this is my chat with Safe Travis Moore. Hello? What's up, Travis? Uh, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Uh-huh. So, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, man. Not a problem. So, safe Travis Moore. What the fuck, safe Travis Moore? Let's just start right there. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, when I first started training, uh, you know Wade Allen, right? I do. Yeah, so... Uh, he was like one of the first people I met and, uh, when he was leaving, he said safe travels to me. Now I didn't hear him properly. Uh, and I thought he called me Travis. So I went to correct him, but he's like, well, it is now kid. I, it like stuck with me for like months. Like everyone at training would call me it. So I was like, I'm going to give this a run for a bit. And now I'm stuck with it. And now you're stuck with it. Uh, for a bit. Okay, because and, and every time I hear safe Travis, I always think it's something like you're so safe in the ring. Like, you have to be so safe. And, like, I assumed it was something from training, but I just I assumed it was like you're just so safe in the ring that people just called you safe Travis. Uh, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> Either that or, you know, like you, you you're at uh, training and, like, somebody found, like, a box of condoms in your in your gym bag or something. and. Uh. <laughs> You know, or I—I I don't know. There's there's lots of ways that you know that we can use the word safe. Yeah. But safe, Travis. Okay. And I guess it is a great conversation piece because I just—that's where I had to start. I had to start. Well, what the hell is safe, safe Travis all about? Yeah, it's like the first question a lot of people ask me. Yeah. So you're one of Rip's guys. Yeah, I've been training with Rip for like a year and a half now. Okay. And what what brought? Okay, well let let's go back here because. As, as much as I, I see you at shows and, you know, around at different uh, events and things like that, um, and it, it's all on me, like, I, I've never really stopped and, like, gotten to know you. So, number one, how old are you? I'm 18. You're 18? Yeah. All right. So, how long have you been a wrestling fan? I've been a wrestling fan since I was, like, I, I can say, like, since I was born. Okay. Uh, like, first guys I was, like, really into were, like, Eddie Guerrero and Spike Dudley, those types of guys. Now, what just, what drew you to Spike Dudley? Uh, he was a little dude going after big dudes. Okay, because uh, because that that kind of exemplifies you, because you're a small guy, and by de or by default, I guess a lot of guys are like big dudes to you. Yeah, I I hear it all the time when I hear like Bill like says like I always have like the size disadvantage. And I, I always think about that whenever, whenever I wrestle. Like I always have to wrestle as the little dude. As kind of the runt of the litter. Yeah. All right. So you 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 get into Eddie Guerrero. You get into Spike Dudley. How how do you get into wrestling? Like, is it a a, a sibling that's watching wrestling, or his dad watching wrestling, or his mom watching wrestling? Um, my family like watched wrestling a lot. Uh, like when they were growing up, 
like my grandfather was really into it and like he's the main person I bond over with wrestling and uh I've gotten told by my dad that like they went and saw like in Hamilton like guys like Big John Studd and Andre the Giant uh and like when they were kids and uh I would just watch it with my dad when I was younger and my family was into it but now I'm like the only guy into wrestling still obviously now okay so have you ever seen okay who who would you say is the biggest name you have seen live uh that i've seen live yeah uh well i went and saw a SummerSlam. uh like on like a wwe show it was SummerSlam, and i saw edge who's like my favorite wrestler of all time and that was kind of emotional for me and uh for like indies i have to say like Sammy Callahan or David Arquette. Okay. Cause, and, and David Arquette might fall in because you were saying how uh, your your dad was saying, yeah, we went down to, to Hamilton. I'm assuming Cops Coliseum. Yeah. And, you know, we saw Big John Studd and we saw Andre the Giant. And those are like, are just absolute beyond legend to me anyway. Yeah, they they totally are like probably like the pillars of like wrestling in my opinion. But, you know, like, I I saw Andre at the tail end of his career, like, when he was on the crutches. So yeah. I, I don't really I don't really count it. Like, I, I count it as seeing Andre the Giant, but I, I think I've never saw Andre the Giant wrestle live. But, you know, I can tell, like, I can tell Isaac, my, my son, I can say, well, you know, I, I saw Hulk Hogan wrestle, and I saw Randy Savage, and I saw Steve Austin, and uh, let's see. You know, I, I saw some big names, so that's why I was asking, who's the biggest name that you've ever seen that you think you might be able to tell your kids, and like, hey, you know what? I saw this guy live. Uh, I like, mean, do, do you think Edge fits in that category? or Edge, for me, that would fit into that category. I saw Brock Lesnar live, because that was the Brock Lesnar-Seth Rollins match. Uh, see, that, and that might fall into it, because mainstream Brock Lesnar and, as I said, David Arquette, they would fall into like a mainstream where, you know, my kids or your kids might be like, oh, yeah, there, there was this badass guy who was in wrestling. Then he got into football. Then he got into MMA. Then he got back into wrestling. And his name was Brock Lesnar. And you and or I can be like sitting there just going, yeah, I saw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> So, but now come to think of it, I don't think I've ever seen Brock live. I'm trying to think if I have, and I don't. Th- I don't think I've ever seen Brock Lesnar live. Hmm. But obviously, like I did see David Arquette. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's that. I I could see that. So Dad and Grandpa, you're bonding over wrestling, and you're bonding over Eddie Guerrero, and and like and Spike Dudley, as you said. So what? What was it the bonding, the opportunity to bond with the family, or did did something click to you? Uh, something like right away clicked to me. Like I, I was watching wrestling, and it's basically like these giants, and like they're basically in like back then to me, and like still kind of they're like superheroes to me. Where like those guys were like, these guys are fighting, and they're taking all this damage, and they're still walking off like nothing happened. They come back the next week. I want to see what happens next. And plus, but I like 
I would say like back then, like the storytelling was pretty great. Like I was born in like 2001, so I literally just missed the Attitude Era. Okay. So, like the first guy, like the first thing I saw was like I the first match I remember was Eddie Guerrero versus uh, Mr. Kennedy. And, like, I'm a big fan of Mr. Kennedy, too. Yeah, so am I, actually. And uh, just Eddie Guerrero's, like, whole, like, passion and his, like, personality just, like, drew me in. I would say, like, Spike, too. Like, yeah. It Spike, he didn't draw me on from, like, personality-wise. It's just the fact that he was, like, such a small dude. And, like, he was taking on dudes, like... Uh, like, he would face Bubba in them, and, like, yeah. those guys were gigantic. So, if it's if you're born in 2001, you're, uh, I think you, I think WCW is even closed when you're born. Yeah, WCW closed in 2001. Yeah. So, you obviously missed ECW, so you're seeing Spike in WWE, obviously. Yeah, um, that's... Are, are, are you, like, the small, are you the runt in class, like, in school, or? Uh, you mean, like, hot? When I was in high school and stuff. Well, yeah, in school, were you one of the smallest guys, or? I was one of the smallest guys, but I was also one of the most lippiest guys. Like I was a very smart ass kid. Got well, do a lot of trouble. Are Are you a scrapper? Like, I was a bit of a scrapper when I was a kid. Like, now I'm trying to calm down and stuff. But it was just... <laughs> okay. But still, anger gets better at me sometimes. I just try to hold it in class, and it's kind of a. Anger reliever while I'm wrestling. Okay, because like in in school, I was kind of the opposite because I've always been one of the bigger guys in school, but I hate to fight. I I I got my ass kicked a few times just because I really don't want to fight. Um. So I yeah I was kind of the opposite. So I, I don't really see a wrestler that I could relate with. Like I don't really I'm big, but I don't really want to wrestle because then people would just be like. Well then, get the fuck out of the ring! Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, do, do can't we just talk? Like, no, people didn't pay to come here and see you talk. Like, get out of the ring. So, yeah. all right. So you're you're one of the smaller guys, but you're a scrappy guy in high school. Um, that 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 because that kind of relates to uh, to Spike. Um, when did you know? Well, okay. For, well, first off. You were talking about how you see these guys and they're fighting and then they're just they beat the crap out of each other. Then they're walking away. When when do you remember when it kind of the, the switch was 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 flipped and you're like, oh, they, they they're working together here. Uh, I can't like my big brother. He's kind of an asshole. And uh, he told me like straight up when I was like nine and it broke my heart. But like I started like noticing it more often while i was watching it yeah like i was like oh it's not fake it's not fa well it's not like you know that word yes. um <laughs> it's uh, not choreographed it's not yeah yeah it's not choreographed it's not anything it's not i'm gonna say it straight up it hurts like a bitch like when i wrestle but yeah like i like would just notice like the worst was like watching john cena do that five knuckles shuffle and like he wouldn't even <laughs> get back to the head and like it just like clued into me. I was just like, "Shit, my brother's kind of right." Yeah, I th I think that's what happened with me too. Was you know everyone everyone was smartened up, 
And everyone was like, well, you know it's fake, right? And I'd be like, no, it's not. And I refused to listen to it, but I, I, I can't remember what it was, but I know I started seeing chinks in the armor and just going like, okay, that's a little questionable. Like, okay, okay, that didn't quite like, yeah, that, that doesn't really make sense. Like, I, I can't put a five-knuckle shuffle or a people's elbow or something on it. Like, I, I can't even really say when it was. But I know there was a point where I was just like, "Yeah, okay, this is this is fake." <laughs> <laughs> but I I know it was it was a slow transition because I, I I remember being I'm gonna say elementary school, so I was like you know ten or eleven years old. I was a late bloomer, I guess, on this. And people saying it's fake, you know, and I'd be like, "No," but I remember sitting there going, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <laughs> like in my head, I'd be just like, "Yeah, it's fake." <laughs> But I just wanted to defend it so much. (laughs) So when do you decide to, like, this is what what I'm going to do? Like, okay, I should say, because now you're trained, you're starting to wrestle. Is is, In the headlights, is this what you want to do? Is this how you want to pay your bills? Uh, This is totally what I want to do. Like, ever since I was a little kid, like, I just wanted to wrestle. And, like, I told my dad, like, every day, I was like, I want to be a wrestler. I know it. Like, I want to get I, – I always thought, like, I'm going to get to the big leagues. So like, I I wanted to get there. And, uh, like, I had to have been, like, 15 or something. And I saw, like, Santino School and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. It's a WWE-trained wrestler. But it's, like, an hour away. I don't have a job. I can't pay for this. Yeah. So when I like turned like 17, I found out about rep school and it's really close and it was really affordable. So I decided to start training and like the second I got into the ring, I was like, I fell in love. I need, I need to do this. Well, I, uh, I, I definitely, um, I, I definitely recommend rip. Like he's like number one, you know, solid guy in the ring himself, but, he has such a respect for wrestling that uh like I've I've never seen him train, not once. But, you know, I, I just automatically I would say like even before he had the school, people would say, Well, how do I get into this business? And I Rip would be if I saw Rip, I'd say, you know, go talk to that guy. Because if if he can vouch for a school, then it must be good. Like uh. and it's and it's kind of like um when I used to run shows and people would just show up and be like, you know, can I be on the show? And I'd be like, well, who trained you? And if I didn't hear of who they said, like if they said, oh, I was trained by this guy, I've never heard of that guy. You're not getting on my show. Like, <laughs> like I, I had some morals for it. But, yeah, like Rip, if somebody asked me how do I get in wrestling, go talk to him. Whatever he says, take his word for it. <laughs> yeah, Rip's such a great guy. Like, he, He's like one – he's weirdly like the nicest dude in the world – and, like, I don't mean, like, really in a bad way. You'd expect, like, a, a trainer to be, like, this, like, hard-ass dude that, like, he, like, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but, like, he was, like, one of the most patient people I've ever met. Like, the same way, like, when I met Josh Alexander, it was the same way. Like, Josh is also a very patient dude when it comes to it. But, uh, Rip is just so like passionate and he's so patient that like he will help you like 
do what you want to do. So is is Rip the type that he won't he won't uh like is he more one on one or is he more a class? Like in the aspect of if the whole class hasn't gotten to the next step, like everybody in the class has to get to the next step, or is he more individual where you know, you have to get to the next step before I'll teach you the next thing. So Rip has like he will have like a class and like it's a lot of guys like Evan Greenaway, uh Johnny DeLuca, Tyler Arrow and everyone, right? And then there's like the newer crop as well, like me, Wade, and like don't know who else to say. Uh like Robbie <laughs> Cosmo Robbie Cosmos and Jax Williams from HBW. Those guys are really good now. And then there's like guys that just like popped in. And like he will make sure like everyone is like going to be at the same level around the same time and like filter the class perfectly. Like he'll go, all right, you guys come up with a, a sequence and then he'll go new guys get in the ring. We're going to figure something out. some new for you guys to learn fundamentally. So he's kind of like dividing up the class and saying, this is what your assignment is. Yeah. He's, he's like dividing up the class and like, if you're like new and he like knows you're able to do like a sequence or something, he'll make sure you're put with someone like more experienced yeah. and make sure like you are able to have a decent sequence and like you're paired with someone that can like help you get better. But if you're like, you're like just starting out, he'll make sure like the class is still doing something while he's training the new guys. So, when you walk in the door and you say, Rip Impact, I want to learn to wrestle, is is he the type to say, like, okay, let's get started? Or is he the type, like, no, you don't? <laughs> He's the type that goes, all right, let's get started. Because like... I, I come from, uh, Dave, um, my mentor's name is Dave Dalton. And right. uh, he ran uh, Battle uh, Battleground Academy in um, in Ottawa. And that's where I came from. And when you walked in, and he had a school, and when you walked in, you said, like, here's my money. Teach me to wrestle. Like, I want to wrestle. He would look at you and go, no, you don't. He he would say, like, you're going to get injured. You're going to, you know, you're going to get blown up. You're you're going to, you know, you're going to live with your parents for, like, the next three, four years. If you want to do this as a career, you better be on good terms with mommy and daddy. And, you know, he, he would, by the end, of, like, you had to have the talk before you started. And 99% of the time, people were like, okay, yeah, yeah, here's my money. Like, when do I start? Even after he gave him the talk, and he'd be just like, all right. Like it, and he had a, I'm going to say it was $1,500 for him, for him to, uh, to train you. And generally, the class would be a year, or the course would be a year, let's say that. And you had to pay three hundred up front, and then a hundred every month. And and but Dave was the type that you didn't go on until you were ready. But he would let you pay a hundred dollars every month because he knew that a lot of them were not. And in a in a business aspect, I think that was kind of silly of him. Like he should have just taken the money and like, hey, you're the one that decided to drop out. But 
Dave was the type that, you know, if you left, well, then you didn't owe him any more money. And a lot, because he knew a lot of people were going to be gone after like month one, month two, month three. And a lot of people were. So that's why I asked, like, I could see Rip. That's why I wanted to ask, because I could see Rip kind of being like, eh, are you sure you want to do this? Because this isn't easy. <laughs> he, he's like, so here's the messed up part. Like, when I first started training, like, he's like, yeah, sure. But it's because, like, I had, like, a seminar before I did it. Like, I started training with Rip, and I had a Josh Alexander seminar. Like, Josh is the first person, like, taught me to bump and stuff. And... Rip's like, all right, you have, like, very little experience, but I'll take you in see, like, if we can, like, help you out and achieve your dream. And so, like, by class three, I broke my collarbone. Rip thought he was never going to see me again. <laughs> okay. They thought I was never going to be shown up again. And then I stayed around, got back into the ring three weeks later or something, broke it again, and they're like, yeah, this kid's done. And I came back, like, a month and a half later, I was at every class while wearing a sling just to watch everyone train. Yeah. And so like, we have guys that like, we've had guys where like, they come in for like a month and then they just disappear because like, they realize like, either we're not able to do it or they don't like the fact that they're probably in like pain or anything while they're wrestling. Like, they just can't tolerate the fact that, like, wrestling is, like, in a way, actual pain and actual hard work. Well, years ago, back in my day, kid, um, <laughs> there was a lot of people who would train for, like, two, three months. And then, because being from the Ottawa area, um, in Quebec, they didn't really care as much about being trained. So having three months training meant you were like a, a higher grade of wrestler to go over to Quebec. And that's not, that's not knocking the Quebec scene. Just there was a lot of promotions over in Quebec that just didn't give a shit. So there was a, there was a time there where a lot of people would train for like three, four months and then would leave. And suddenly they're like the, these big, because they, they could go and be a big fish, I guess, or they'd be big shit in these like little promotions. So, it, but that's not such a thing anymore, and uh, I'm glad. That's just my my little PSA there. <laughs> <laughs> that's your TED talk. Yeah, that's my TED talk. That's my PSA. Um. So I'm 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 like you, you were t you were talking about all those names like Wade Allen, and you were talking about Tyler Arrow and stuff like that. Um, like if and it's not just you because I've I've had the opportunity to see you wrestle a couple times, and um, you know. I'm I'm impressed with uh, or I, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna blow smoke up your ass. You're a solid wrestler. Like I wouldn't say I'm impressed with you, but like there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> you just you, you. You, you just haven't grabbed me yet. That's it. Um, but you know that that's saying something about yourself and Rip. And then the the names that you mentioned. Like is I'm just telling people like if you get the opportunity to to check out these wrestlers and as it being a reflection of Rip, you know just get the uh, Tyler Arrow and uh, you know safe Travis Moore. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> I, I've been fighting a cough for like the last twenty minutes. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, all all these guys. Um, 
but how long have you been actually wrestling? Uh, I've like my first match was probably June at HWE that like first show they had. Yeah. Uh, I did like the bat- pre-show battle royal and like that was like how many months ago was that? Oh my god, I am not good at math. Um, it was about nine months. Nine months. Oh shit, I've been wrestling for nine months. Damn. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I, okay, I, hold sorry, on. I just time out. Time out. I, I should ask. Like, are you smoking weed or something? No, I've actually been like, I've actually been like clean from like drugs or anything for like. Are you are you vaping or something? <laughs> no, no. I'm just really tired. Oh, okay, okay. And okay. I blew my own mind. <laughs> well, no. Just every once in a while, I just hear you take like a good deep breath in and i'm just like is he smoking <laughs> yeah i'm it's just i'm trying to wake up <laughs> okay not a problem all right so uh you've been wrestling for nine months the first one was the battle royal and how'd that go uh that went all right uh there's a lot of guys that like i trusted in there like wade and everyone like evan all those guys and like my first match, of course, that has to be a big spot. So they did like the military press out of the ring from Wade, and uh, it was weird. Like everyone says, like for your first match, you're gonna be nervous as hell. Like, and I didn't, I wasn't really that nervous. Like I, I think it was mainly because it was a battle royal, so like no one's gonna be really focusing on like the five foot five kid that is. Well, they probably would be because I'm wearing like, neon <laughs> pants. Um. But, like, I just made sure, like, I paired off with people. And, like, there was guys like Ethan Page at the show and all those guys, like Steve Brown. That was the part that made me nervous. Like, I I didn't want to, like, be seen in my first match as, like, this shitty little kid that, like, can't wrestle or anything. But the great thing about Battle Royals, it's not really wrestling moves and putting together in-ring psychology. It's all, like... Like strikes and stuff. Like, yeah, it's all kick punch. Yeah, it's all kick punch. Throw a guy out. Yeah. Continue on. All right. So, and from the battle royal, where do you go? Uh, battle royal. Uh, I pretty sure I didn't wrestle for the next like three weeks, like because I I had to face. Oh yeah, I didn't wrestle for three weeks because everyone thought I still wasn't like greenlit yet okay and then uh pwo happened and i think shawnee mo pulled out for a white trash circus and then they're like oh we need somebody uh and steven hacker told um like the promoter to put me in there and like that in my opinion was like my first match because that's where i was like the most nervous of any matches because it's like guys like hacker and steve and uh alessandro del bruno i didn't want to disappoint those guys those guys terrified the shit out of me yeah but okay because this sounds a lot like uh the spike dudley ecw storyline where spike was kind of thrown in uh with more experienced guys and it got him over huge so how did the match go uh i got a decent pop throughout the match just because like I mean, I was getting my ass kicked and everything, and then, like, 
eventually I heard my name get chanted and like that like blew my mind. Like I couldn't believe it. And uh I it's, I'm still waking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I we, yeah, we did the double down. I was like crawling towards uh like Matt Cash and Jesse Mack for like the hot tag and everything. They started chanting my name. And to me, that was like, I must be doing something right because the crowd's behind me. Yeah. But they probably just see this kid getting his ass kicked by three giants. Well, it it it, ga- it grabs attention towards you, or it it draws attention to you, which is never a bad thing. Um. Yeah. So, what what is the highlight so far that you've been like, wrestling all these nine months? Highlight. Highlight. Um, let me think. I think it was when I wrestled for Alpha One for that uh, flea market show. You were in I, the gauntlet, weren't you? I wasn't in the gauntlet. I oh, had yeah. a singles match with uh, Clay Wilson. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. It was a decent match, but the fact that I got to like work for that company, that like that blew my mind. Because like, Alpha One was like, the first show I ever went to. Yeah. So... When I heard like I got the chance to work for it, uh, that promotion, I just it blew my mind and uh, God damn it, I'm still <laughs> no. That's that's perfectly fine. So you're you you get the chance to work for Alpha One, and did did you get any kind of feedback? I asked like I went backstage and I asked like backstage, which was really just a tent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went back there and I asked like people like Fuerza and those guys and like Paige of course and Paige said he wasn't really he didn't see anything that much. Yeah. So I didn't really get feedback, but I made sure to message Paige to like see if he had any feedback for the match. And I'm thinking of asking him soon again because I haven't gotten a response back yet. Yeah. Have you gone back and watched it? Uh. Like, Mac Henderson showed me because he's, like, the guy that edits it yeah. and everything. And I, I like the match. Uh, I've noticed, like, the thing is, like, in the nine months, I've noticed, like, every match I improve in a little way. Like, whether – I'm a very awkward person. Like, <laughs> I'm very – I'm, like, I can talk to people, no problem. It's just when it comes to, like – doing presentations and stuff i can't really talk and uh that's kind of like that kind of like backfired into my wrestling where like i just was like this awkward kid in the ring but i could like wrestle decently and like not to toot my own horn but like i'm thinking i've gotten to a like a pretty decent wrestler now and watching that f1 match back it just reminds me that like that was like my 10th match and, like, I've improved so much since then, so I kind of want another opportunity soon to prove that I've gotten better. Well, I, I find wrestling, you know, every, I don't want to say every match, but every once in a while you just, you have the opportunity to put another layer on top of yourself that prepares you for the next layer. Um, as I said, I've watched a couple of your matches, and there's there's a, certainly a base there. And it's and Evan Greenaway is a perfect example of it to me, because Evan he got the base to him where he was safe in the ring, no pun intended. 
<laughs> um, he was safe in the ring, and he was smooth in the ring, but he wasn't. There were bells, no whistles, no dancing girls. You know, you just, you just. Evan was just a solid guy, and then I think uh, I'm trying to think, and then he started adding certain moves, and I can't think of the moves off the top of my head. But he started adding certain moves that were slightly different than the norm or what he was doing. Or it was a different variation on certain moves. Yeah, his finish is like the perfect example for that. Which is what? Which is his finish? You you so, could probably tell it better than I can. So, you know what an Ushiguroshi is, right? Yes. Like, so, he basically does the same thing, but he does like a GTS to the back of your head midair. Yes. And which is like... I've never seen that before, so that blew my mind. And, like, I was the first person to take it, of course. <laughs> so, and and the the thing was, and, I, and when I was talking to you, even uh, Evan, not Ethan, Evan about it, was he had added these moves, but I had noticed at an MCW show that he wasn't kind of, he wasn't getting the pops for them because I was, like, I it didn't pop, and I kind of took a quick look around, and I realized, like, People were there, but they weren't real. Like, they were kind of talking to the person next to them or something like that. And it was after that that, and I didn't, I, I've never found myself to be the type, hey, kid, you know, this is what you should do. And it was, I think it was the show after that when he came up to me and I said, hey, wh- where do you want to be from? And he said, uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Or he just said Hamilton. I said, okay. And he goes, Ontario. I said, okay. <laughs> and he's like, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. And he's like, North America. <laughs> I said, okay. And he goes, planet Earth. <laughs> and I said, do you want me to say all that? And he's like, no, no, no. Just Hamilton, Ontario. And I said, no, let, let, let's do the whole thing. And he's like, no, no, no. And I said, but it draw because that is what was going to draw attention to him coming out. People were like, who's getting this introduction? <laughs> and then it draws the attention to Evan, and then he can go in there, and then he does his things, and people are like, "Hey, this is the guy with the, the with the, the the stupid entrance, the the Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, North America." That's hey, look, he can wrestle too. <laughs> but uh, you were talking like, or I was talking about how the, you got to put like these layers on, and it prepares you for the next layer. Um, and as I said earlier, like, and I was I said I didn't want to blow smoke. Like, you are a solid. You do have those solid bases. And I, I, I could see you being able to to build that up, and but you feel like where where do you feel you are now? Do you do you feel like you're uh, like I, I would say Alpha One and uh, probably Smash are probably like the premier Ontario promotions. Are you are you I, ready for those? I don't feel like I would be able to like do like Alpha One like as like a regular performer because all those guys are like crisp you know like yeah it's the same thing with like destiny like me it was funny me evan and mike forte went to destiny the one time just to watch and then i was talking about like i want to do this like like one of the promotions are like my goal and evan just said straight up he's like we got to get a lot better than that man like they the crowd is like so notice they notice every little like i want to say like technique you do where like if something looks off they will call you yes they will yes they will for sure if i want to get to those promotions i feel i need to clean up a lot of stuff that i do that like i know i usually like 
I'll notice my like screw ups and like right away I'll just say under my breath like ah oh, dumbass or something like I could have done this better and like I'm my biggest critic of course where I'll just I I need to like do everything perfectly to make sure my match is good and I'm not I don't feel I'm ready for those stages yet but I feel in about a year's time I feel like I'd be able to have like a pretty decent opener for like alpha one or something. All right. And I, I I do want to point out like destiny crowds, I find are a little more harsh on, you know, uh, if you, if something's off alpha one is a little more, if they like you, they're a little more forgiving. I find. Yeah. Where just like, okay, that kind of messed up. We'll kind of give them a pass on it. But if you have a bad match in alpha one, they'll let you know about it. (laughs) Yeah. So, but but more kind of a just like a ribbing type thing, like "Wow, you suck today." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I asked you earlier, what uh, like this is what you want to do to pay the bills. So, what what do you look like? You were talking about how you you looked at Destiny, like this is where I want to get. Where beyond that, like where do you see yourself? Where do you close your eyes and think of yourself? I want. I I really want to like travel the world more than anything like of course like it'd be great to go get signed for like WWE or uh, AEW or something but I want to like go to Japan and I want to go to Germany and all those places just to like get the crowd and like get to be known internationally yeah you know I want to be seen as like more of a well-rounded yeah so you you want to go to kind of learn the new, these styles of different of different yeah. uh, regions and countries and things like that. Yeah, I want I want to go around the world to learn all the different styles. Maybe one day, like if I think I'm good enough, one day I'll open a school. That's like in like twenty years, if I think anything. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, at at eighteen, you got lots of room to do this, don't you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, not that I'm I'm prying or not. You don't have to get to it, but do you still live with mom and dad? Yeah, I do. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I live with my mom right now. <laughs> Perfect. You live with mom. Perfect. That That's the Dave Dalton philosophy. Perfect. <laughs> Be on good terms with mom and stay there as long as you can. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Travis. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being on here. Actually, I got one more question. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard Rip Impact swear? Oh, so many times. Have so, you? Oh, my God. Like, are you kidding? This dude, like, I think it's more because I'm a very, like, I'm a very explosive person. I swear a lot. Okay. So, like, it's, I think I literally rubbed off onto Rip where he swears, like, during training and stuff or when we're having, like, a conversation, he'll swear right back to me. Because oh, I, I, I remember I knew Rip for, I'm going to say 10 years. I knew Rip, and I thought he was just, you know, just totally clean cut, didn't, wouldn't say shit if his mouth was full of it, and <laughs> him and I were driving to a Ring of Honor show, and the traffic was bad, and all of a sudden, he's just like, oh, this fucking traffic, and I kept driving, and then all of a sudden, like about five seconds after he said it, I looked at him like, did you just say fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me, he just laughed, he's like, hey. <laughs> I'm like, Rip Impact just said fuck. 
Like, Rip Impact doesn't say fuck. So then for like the next, I don't know, 10 minutes, all like, uh, God damn it, Rip, Rip Impact said fuck. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, what else in this world do I not know? Like, <laughs> in my head, I'm just thinking like, oh my God, like, Rip Impact said fuck. Um, <laughs> and then I'm thinking like, he must really be mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the worst. I I like sometimes go with him like on the road and stuff or, and like he'll just, We'll like get into busy traffic, and all I hear is like, "Fuck this, man!" Like I'm, I'll just start laughing because Rip's just a very like, he's not quiet, but he's like, he seems innocent in a way. Yeah, no, he's 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 definitely quiet, and he does have an innocence to him. But yeah, uh, yeah. I I still can, whenever I talk to to one of his students, like, does have you heard him swear? Like, or were you surprised when you heard him swear? And anyway. All right, Travis, thank you so much for uh, for being on here. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sincerely wish you the best of luck. And uh, as I said, I, 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 you're, you're solid in the ring. And uh, I, I can see I can I can see good things in your future, young man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on here. All right. You take care, sir. You take care as well. Bye now. All right, as I said, Safe Travis Moore is just one of many, many, many solid wrestlers uh, coming out of Ontario. Uh, if you're not from Ontario, I know a majority, eh, no, probably not a majority, but a good number of my listeners are from the Ontario, Canada area. Um, if you're outside and you you, know, you have absolutely no idea who Safe Travis Moore is, do it. Check them out. And, uh, you know, check out the Ontario scene. Because uh, I've always said, get in on the ground floor of some of these guys. I said for years, and I'm not taking any kind of credit at all, because it's 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 all him. I said for years, in, invest and get it on the ground floor of Ethan Page. And now Ethan Page is doing amazing things, and in Impact Wrestling. And I, you know, there's just I I told the story once. I don't think I've told it ever on the podcast. But uh, even though uh, him and I, we've kind of had our problems. Um, Josh Alexander, um, when my when a good friend of mine came to visit, I introduced him to Josh Alexander, and it just kind of seemed awkward. Like, well, you know why? It just it just seemed out of nowhere. And um, because Josh and I <laughs> are not friends, um, and I I admitted to to Josh that the reason I did that is because. You know, just I knew someday that my friend was going to say, hey, I've met that guy and that would be something, you know, and that's it, it's the same with Josh and uh, and and Ethan. And now Josh is doing uh, is getting the opportunity to really, really showcase himself again on Impact Wrestling. Um, and, you know, safe Travis Moore, who knows? He, you heard in the interview, he's got a good head on his shoulders, and uh, you know he's, he sees where he wants to go. And as long as he, as long as he knows that he has to constantly improve and he has to keep constantly adding to what he already has, then I, I believe that attitude is going to take him uh, a lot of a lot of great places. So. Um, I just want to let you know, this podcast is not going to all of a sudden turn into a exposing people. Like, I, or I shouldn't say it's not going to turn into exposing people from the uh, Ontario independent scene. 
I love watching independent shows from all over the globe. That's why I watch independentwrestling.tv all the time. Um, and I get a hold of those guys just like, hey, I want to talk to you because I'm becoming a fan. And uh, so it's going to keep doing that. And uh, every once in a while, we're going to have uh, slightly obscure guests, uh, including our guest, uh, who should be our guest next week. i got to finish doing the editing. Um, but the, the next week's planned guest, let's say that, uh, gets into a little bit of uh, obscure. Um, but nonetheless... Uh, I appreciate every single time that you guys listen here. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you guys listening every single week. And uh, I will see you next Tuesday for another episode of It's Time to Fight. But let's never, ever, ever forget. Prince Isaac, I love you, buddy. I love it, too. <laughs>